Well, you asked for it this morning, and uh, we are so glad that you are here today. I have my great friend and assistant that's going to help me this morning, Kristen Hayes. Good and morning. I'm obviously uh, Eugene Smith. If you've been around, most people look like you've been around here for a little bit. We want to just welcome you to part three of the series, You Asked For It. And today, we're talking about raising champions for God. Raising champions for God. Now, this applies to every person in the room. So if you're a person, you don't have a child yet, or you haven't been a parent yet, someday you're going to be a parent. And there are going to be some things that are going to be told today and mm -hmm. spoken about today that if you take them into your heart now, you're going to prepare yourself. You're going to equip yourself for when you're reaching that stage of your life. If you're here today, you have a parent. Well, obviously, this is directly for you. But if you're a grandparent today, you can direct your kids, your children, and your grandkids to this message. Because I believe that this, this message, is it hasn't something just exp uh, experimental. This is something that's been tried in the kitchen of life. And uh, I want to introduce my family here. I've got, uh, I got two boys, and i got a daughter-in-law, Austin and Keenan and Paula, and the love of my life, Laura. And uh, I can tell you at the age of 27 and 22, they're doing their thing. And what I can tell you today is that some decisions that we made a long time ago as parents have had a direct influence. I also know that they are doing their thing that I can't control what they do any longer. And so uh, I, I, I know I'm in a different season and stage of life. Actually, there's not a lot of books written on this stage of parenting when your kids get to be 22 and 27. I read a lot of books when they were younger, not so many now. I need help now. But Kristen, want to tell us about your family. Hey, I'm Kristen Hayes, the children's pastor, but we also, my husband and I, Doug, have four children of our own, and they are um, nine, eight, five, and four. So we are very busy. We have very active, um, rambunctious kids that, that we are raising to be champions for God, for sure. And beautiful. I love your family. Been with us Thank for a long time. I knew you guys way before they yeah. were a glimmer in your eye, and we are grateful that your kids are part of our City Church family. Uh, we at City Church are committed. From the very beginning of our church, we've always been committed to raising champions for God. Our church was founded with a bus ministry, bringing in kids from the community. And our heart has always been to see the next generation impacted with the gospel, with the message of hope for this generation. You see, we talk about at City Church about knowing God and finding freedom and discovering your purpose and making a difference, but it isn't just for you. It's also for your kids. I've learned as an adult that I am most fulfilled in life when I am using the gifts and the talents that God has given me. And it's the same with your kids. They are most fulfilled in their spiritual journey with God when they are serving and using the gifts that God has given to them. Several years back, way back now, back in 2003, there was a team of us from City Church. We took our first mission trip to Mexico. And uh, when we arrived in Mexico, the building that is on your left, I'm going to get that picture up there. The building that is on your left was the church, the makeshift church that this, uh, this community of believers had been using for quite a while. As a matter of fact, by the time that we got there, that building had fallen down and they were now meeting in the pastor's family. And what I realized when I went to this community was that that uh, they, they, they had a goal, they knew what they wanted to do, but they only could use the materials they had available to them. And when you looked around this community that had been built on top of a garbage dump, they would use just about anything to build a building. And it's kind of like our kids. We, we're, we're, God has gifted us with these children. God has graced us with this, with this precious bundle that he's given to us. They're gifts from God. And we really don't have an instruction manual. Most people end up raising their kids the way that their parents raised them. 
But I do believe God's word speaks to us. And the building that you see on your left is the building that we left after two trips to Mexico. It was designed. It had an architect. It was built by American standards. It was actually used with mostly product that was brought in from America. And it was functioning. It had lights. And they didn't have air conditioning. They had a couple of box units there, but it had fans. And it was a building that this church could really be proud of because it was the nicest building in that community. It's like our lives. We have this raw material, these, these gifts that God has given to us. And I heard many years ago this famous quote. It said, it's way easier to build a child than it is to repair a broken adult. It's way easier. It's easier to, to build something than it is to try to fix something after the fact. Our, our passion here at City Church is to see every child have their own confidence, have their own personal relationship with God. Our desire is to see them have convictions based on clear biblical truth, to see them to not only know God, but to walk out the truth of his word and then to have character that matches that truth so that our words and our deeds, they, they, they are incongruent with one another. We're living out that life that God has called us to. And then to be people who have, are competent in our life skills, that we know how to have relationships, we know how to manage our money, we know how to work in the jobs, and, and, and we are competent in life. And then ultimately the goal is that we become like Christ, that we become like Jesus, that we have the same compassion that he had towards other people. And so as we go through this series this morning, I, I want to encourage us today, our idea at City Church here, our passion at City Church is to raise champions for God. All right, so how, how do we do that? We need to be intentional with the way we parent our children. And so number one, we need to pass on our faith. Acts 2, 38 through 39 says, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away. This promise is not just for one generation. It's always been intended for us to pass on the, this promise from one generation to the next. And the best way that we can do that is through the parent-child relationship. And, you know, it's always been God's plan for the parents to be the primary spiritual leaders of their kids' lives. And um, you, you can see that early on in, in the Bible and all throughout the Bible that um, God, the very first institute that God establishes is the family unit. And he has put a mandate on us as parents to raise our children and be a part of their spiritual development. So, you know, the, the local church, we're here. Our kids' ministry team, awesome, awesome people who are ministering, our youth team. We're here to encourage you, be a partner with you, and to give you resources. But at the end of the day, you need to understand you are the greatest influence on your children's lives. And it is your privilege and your responsibility. So to pass on our faith, we need to make sure as parents that we stay spiritually healthy. We need to put our own personal relationship with the Lord as a priority every single day. The more time you spend with the Lord, the closer you are to him, the stronger you are, and you will find that he is your source for everything you need to do, everything you need to get the job done, what he's called you to do as a parent. You'll go to him and you're gonna find that he's your strength through those hard times, that he's gonna give you wisdom in those challenging moments, and that he's gonna be the one to recharge you every single day. Any parents need to be recharged every day? <laughs> I know I do. And so time with the Lord is so important. And so I encourage you to pursue him with all of your heart. Don't get too busy 
especially with parenting, that you kind of put that on the back burner. Keep your own spiritual walk strong and healthy. And along those same lines, we need to model godly behaviors for our children. Our, our kids, they learn way more from our actions and our behaviors than they do our words. Anybody agree with me on that? And, and so they're like, I, I look at my kids and they kind of mimic me in so many ways, good and bad. And so they hold us accountable. But we need to be the godly example that we want our kids to follow. We need to show them what it looks like to have a heart for Jesus, to incorporate our faith in every area, not just like a, a checkbox when you go to church on Sunday, okay, I'm done for the week, but to show them how our faith, our beliefs are, um, are present in the decisions we make, with the interactions that we have with other people. And, you know, this doesn't mean be a perfect parent. We, there's no perfect parent in this room. I'm not perfect. But... What it means is that we're doing the best that we can. And even in our shortcomings, we can model for them what it looks like to repent, to go and ask for forgiveness. And, um, you know, just showing them that we need Jesus just as much as we're telling them that they need Jesus. And so this faith is a, is a journey that we're all on to walk out each day. And the last thing in, in passing on our faith is that we need to instill spiritual habits in our children. We need to train them. And so that some practical ways, you guys can probably think of a bunch of ways. I want you to start thinking that way. But um, pray every day with your kids. Pray about the big things, the, the little things. Show them that Jesus cares about every detail of their lives and they can go to him. Show them how to pray, but then allow them to pray. Encourage them to pray out loud and get that habit going. Um, open the Bible together and read and talk about what the scriptures mean and how it applies to their lives. And, um, you know, get family devotions books. There are a lot geared for teens, for children. Get that, what's age appropriate for your family and open it up and, and study and grow together. Another thing is be consistent about your church attendance and involvement. Place value on coming here to God's house and growing with other believers. That is really important for your family. And the overall goal here is for your kids to, to develop their own faith, to have their own personal relationship with the Lord. Because when they leave your house, that's what's going to be the, that, that solid foundation that we, we build on passing our faith onto them. That needs to last them for the rest of their lives. So the goal is to raise champions for God. And that re personal relationship that we have and as we model to our kids uh, leads them to become disciples of Christ. The, the fact is, is that Jesus said we're to go into all the world and make disciples. The word disciple comes from disciplined, a disciplined one. And the responsibility that we have today as parents is to discipline our children. Again, like Kristen mentioned, it's not the church's responsibility, the school's responsibility. Really, the, the concept and the understanding of training our children is dependent and, and really the responsibility of the parent. And so we become consistent in our discipline. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 12, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. My parents did the best they knew how. They obviously didn't do it perfectly because none of us do it perfectly. But earthly fathers do it. They do it as imperfectly as they can, but they're trying to do it. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Biblical discipline is guidance with love, not punishment and anger. 
whether your child is three years old, 12 years old, or they're still living in your home, you have a responsibility as a parent to discipline and love. Now, at every stage, it's a, a different way of appropriating discipline. I remember when my oldest son was three years of age, and he, he had a babysitter that was a very permissive kind of person, and she couldn't control him. I walked in. I, she actually called me on the phone. I was at work, and she said, Pastor, she said, Austin is throwing chicken around the room. And I'm like, what? She said, yeah, he went into the kitchen and got a bucket of KFC, and he's throwing chicken around the room, and I can't stop him. And I said, yes, you can. Go over and grab his hand. Take the chicken. And she couldn't figure out how to do that. And, and I remember what I, she put Austin on the phone, and if I could like, have reached through that phone and grabbed him, I would have. And I said, Austin, you stop that. And the way I approached a discipline with my three-year-old was different than the way I approached it when he was 10-year-olds or, or 15 years of age. What happens, we, many times, we, we discipline and we act as parents in the way that was modeled to us. And some people in this room, your, your tendency is to be very permissive. You, you don't see any fault in your child. You don't see when they do wrong. I, I've been around parents that just let their kids go crazy. It, it's even in my own family. I've been in restaurants, and I've had nephews that are rolling around on the floor in the middle of a restaurant, and my head was ready to explode. My sister didn't even see it. She didn't even, I shouldn't say that because she's probably watching this video, but she didn't see it. Next service, I'll change that up. <laughs> Some people are authoritarian. They're, 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 they're correcting and tweaking and constantly picking and trying to make a perfect child, forgetting that you're not a perfect person. And other people are just absent. Other people, because of their own addictions, their own brokenness, because of the pain that's come in between maybe through a divorce, they're just they're absent parents. They're not really aware. They, they want to be a good parent, but they're not really even aware in their life where they're at with their child. And then there's the God-minded parent, the, the parent that understands their responsibility to teach and to train their child. And the first thing I would say today, if we're going to raise champions, is that we got to be the parent. We have to be the parent. We, we, we can't try to be our child's best friend. When my children were very young, my wife and I came into it, before they were even born, we, we came into an agreement that we would be the parents, that we would lead our children, and we had certain values the phrase that we use here, champion for God, I heard several pastor friends of mine use that while I was in Bible college. And then I watched them as they dealt with their kids and as they led their children. One of the young men, one of the pastors was Wendell, and, and he had a son by the name of Judah and a daughter named Wendy. And I watched as he raised his son, he would constantly speak this over him, that he was a champion for God. And I've seen these young people grow up to be great champions in the kingdom. The other thing, when we're disciplining our children, we don't do it in anger. We, one, of the, one of the things, our tendency, especially if we have an explosive temper or we're working through our own issues, is we see our kid do something wrong and we react in anger. And I would say name-calling, calling your children stupid. I would say beating your child or hitting your child in the face. Guys, it's never appropriate. It's never, never appropriate. It's, it's a wrong way to respond to discipline. And so as a parent, we have clear expectations. Our children have to know that there are consequences. Even as at a young age, when that child's one years old and we tell them not to touch the stove, and they want to reach up and touch the stove because it's just something to do. There are consequences to every action. And at every age, we're teaching them that, listen, there are, there are consequences to the decisions that we make in life. And so it's age appropriate. At three and four-year-old, it would be different than it is at 10, 11, and 12 years of age. 
we spell it out very quickly. If this, if this takes place, then this is going to be the consequence. And then we're consistent. We follow through it. We follow through with it. But I've found one of the greatest ways to really instill discipline is to reward right behavior. We focus on the positive. We focus on what they do right. We look for opportunities when they're doing things good, and we encourage that. And so as we grow with, as our children are growing, our, our, our goal today, our goal today is to reward and to affirm right behavior. And so that brings us to the third point, which is speak life-giving words. You know, sometimes discipline can come off negative, but we need to balance it with speaking life-giving words. Proverbs 18.21 says, your tongue has the power of life and death. There is power in the words that we speak. What we say to our children and how we say it really impacts them, not just in the moment, but every day thereafter. They remember, they hear our voice when we're not with them. And so we need to understand that we, our words can completely transform our child, how they see a particular situation, or even what they believe about themselves. Um, you know, our kids leave the house every day, and there are plenty of outside voices that are giving them a negative message. You're not good enough. You'll never measure up. You can't do that. So as parents, we need to find opportunities every single day to speak life into our kids, to give them words of encouragement and words of affirmation. Uh, earlier this year, my family and I, we were visiting a water park. And uh, we stepped foot on the water park, and there's some really big slides. And my five-year-old Mackenzie, she looks at the tallest slide and goes, Mommy, I want to ride that one. And so well, I, I said, You're big enough. Let's go. And she bounced excitedly all the way to the top. But when it was her turn, she got scared. She looked at me. She goes, I think I'll ride it later. And, and so we walked back all the way down the stairs. And a few minutes later, she's like, Mommy, I'm ready now. I want to go. I'm ready. And so, okay, let's go. We get to the top. She sits down. And she stands right back up and she says, no, not, not yet. I'm not ready. So we do this a couple times. We go up the stairs. We go back down the stairs. I'm not even wet at this point. <laughs> and so by that last time, I'm going to be honest, I was feeling frustrated. I, I, we weren't getting anywhere. And, and so I turned to her and I say, Mackenzie, I said, I don't want you to ask me to go back on this ride again. I said, you're, you're scared. You're, you're not doing it. If you haven't done it by now, then let's just move on. Let's go do something else, okay? Don't, I don't want you to ask anymore. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, speak life. Instead of telling her what she cannot do, tell her what she can do. Speak life. So a few moments later, I was feeling convicted. <laughs> and I feel this little pat on me. And she goes, Mommy, I know you'll probably say no. But I was wondering. They're laughing because they know her. <laughs> She's sweet as can be. I was wondering, can we try going on that slide again? It's okay if you say no. And well, at that point, I had a whole new perspective. So I grabbed her by the hand. I said, let's go, baby. We get to the top. She sits down, and she gets scared again. She's about to pop up. I said, no, sit there. And I began speaking life over her. I said, Mackenzie, you can do this. You're going to love this ride. You can do it. You are strong enough. You are brave enough. You got this, girl. I believe in you. Go. You got this. And it <laughs> in that moment, I saw the fear leave her eyes, and she got this, this boldness inside, and she grabbed those handles, and she thrusted her little body down that slide. And I was sort of screaming, and I was jumping up and down, and I was like the crazy mom. <laughs> and I, I was watching as her little body took all the twists and turns, and she landed at the bottom. She jumps to her feet. She smiles up at me and gives me a big thumbs up. And that was a victory for her. And I realized in that moment that my words made all the difference in her world. Mm, and so there, are power, there is power in our words. And 
parents, we need to be cheering our children on in life. I love this verse in Ephesians um, chapter 4. When you talk, do not say harmful things, but say what people need, words that will help others become stronger. Then what you say will do good to those who listen to you. I want to read it again, but in the context of parent to child. When you talk to your children, do not say harmful things. Don't speak negative over them. Don't yell at them. Don't, don't berate them. Don't, don't call them names in your frustration or anger. But say what your kids need to hear, words that will help them to become stronger. Then what you say to them will do good as they listen. One final thing about speaking life-giving words. Parents, we have the word of God at our fingertips. We can pray God's word and his promises over our children, and we should be. And today, we have a gift for you. Our ushers are going to come up. And if you're a parent, raise your hand. Because we want to give you this book. It's called Praying Circles Around Your Children. It's by Mark Batterson. And this is going to give you the practical steps in being able to just to pray that over your children every single day. So it's a quick, easy read. Um, please read it. And you're going to just love being able to pray over your children in that way and just continue speaking life-giving words to our children. Then what you say will do good to those who listen to you. Your kids are listening to you. Your kids are listening to you. The Bible says in the book of Matthew that Jesus, Jesus calls his, his disciples. And he said, if you want to be great in my kingdom, you must become servant of all. We teach our children to serve other people. You see, the local church is the hope of the world. Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen tragedy and natural disasters and national disasters take place around the globe. And what's encouraging to me, although there's been some terrible things that have happened in communities, the body of Christ has come together. We, we saw it last weekend when almost 400 people from Seminole County local churches right in this area came together to go out and to serve our community, to meet needs that would, would, have, went out, would have went undone for a long, long time. The, the manager of Seminole County said that we did, as a group of 400 people, we accomplished more in one day what it took Seminole County government to do in two years, two years after Hurricane Faye. Come on, give God a big hand. That happened because there's a group of people that recognize that the greatest thing that we can do in God's kingdom is to serve other people. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. We teach our children to serve. It's not just us that's been created for good works. You can put that verse down. It's not just us that's been created, us been created for good works. God has created our children for good works. Our kids do what we do. Our kids follow where we go. From my the time my children were born, we've always been part of a local church and even before I felt called to ministry, even before I realized that I was going to be a pastor, my commitment was to God and to his kingdom. And so when I sensed the call of God to plant our very first church, when Laura and I came together, and we had Austin, our firstborn son, we were already actively involved in serving. And from the time our, our children were little, we taught them to serve our family, but we also taught them to serve in the local church. And it hasn't always been easy. There, there is something that we, we made a decision that we were going to do this as a family. We were going to commit to serving other people because we believe that that's what God has called us to do. And we know that we are most fulfilled in this life when we are doing what God has called us to do. And so we model for our children this, this idea, this concept that the greatest in God's kingdom are servants. Being the founders of this church 
and being in ministry for 29 years, we, we have had to make some difficult decisions. And it's not always easy. My boys have had to grow up in an environment where, where their ex expectation is that, th that they were going to serve. And so what we tried to do as we coached them is that it was a great privilege for us to serve. And I've watched my children as they've grown up in the house of God. We never made it an option. They had to serve. We, we served as a family, other people. And, as, and because of that, I've watched as my boys have grown. I've watched as they've grown. They've made their own decisions to serve. When Austin, my oldest son, left at the age of 25, he, he moved to Gainesville with his wife. And, and I didn't know what he was going to do. Because a lot of pastors' kids say, man, I've given 25 years of my life to be part of a church. And I was so proud of my son. When as soon as he got involved in a local church, he, he went to the worship ministry and he volunteered. He said, I'm a drummer. And then he got immediately involved in a small group at a church up in Gainesville. And he's part of a leadership team in a micro church. And they do Bible study every week together. And I thought, whatever we did in our culture, whatever we did in our family life, we were able to instill and to pass on to the next generation. Because that is the goal, folks. We didn't do it perfectly. I've made lots of mistakes. It hasn't been easy. But today, our goal as parents, our goal as grandparents, our, our goal as a local church is to engage you. Because I know that every person in here, if you're sitting on the sideline and you're being a spectator and you're not actively involved in kingdom advancement, you are not fulfilling the destiny for which God called you. And if you're not fulfilling the destiny for which God called you, your children will not fulfill the call that God has called them to. You see, the greatest in God's kingdom will become servant of all. And I want to challenge us today. I want to challenge. I want to raise the bar of expectation that there are no spectators in God's kingdom. From the youngest to the oldest, we are teaching our children to be servants in his kingdom. Such a good word. My kids serve alongside of us too, and they love it. They love being here. And uh, number five, keep your kids close. You know, one way that we can keep our kids close is by processing everything with them. We know that life is going to hit them, and in different moments, it's going to be harder than others. And we need to be the source that they come to to really process what's happening. And Deuteronomy six says, memorize his laws, tell them to your children over and over again, talk about them all the time whether you're at home or walking along the road or going to bed at night or getting up in the morning. God wants us to have spiritual conversations with our children as a normal part of our everyday interactions with them. And so uh, we're, we're gonna, what that looks like is we're helping them process all different kinds of topics and we're giving them God's perspective on it. We are showing them what God's word says and how they should respond the way God wants them to. And on Wednesday nights, I'm leading a small group right now. It's called Talk Now and Later. It's a parenting small group, and we're having a good time. It's, it's talking about what we're learning is leading our kids through life's tough topics. How do we have those conversations? We're covering everything from money to sex to bullying and peer pressure, self-image. And it's really, really good. If you haven't joined a small group yet, come join us Wednesday nights. It's here on campus at 7. Um, but here are a few practical things that we're learning that we can do as we process with our kids. Well, number one, just know that every topic is on the table. You can't pick and choose what you feel like talking about. You really have to be open to everything, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And know that it's not a one-time conversation. Our children need multiple conversations at every age and stage to really grasp what, we, what they need to learn. And so keep the door open for ongoing dialogue. And um, build a relationship of trust. 
Our kids need to know they can come to us. And so we can't laugh or, or judge or kind of brush aside like it's not important. If something's important to them, we need to make it important to us. And um, another big one is don't overreact. When you hear things, and you will hear things from them that are happening in their peer groups, and just don't overreact. Even if you feel like it freaks you out a little bit, play it cool. <laughs> because you don't want to turn them off and shut that door where they don't feel comfortable coming to you. And let them ask all kinds of questions. It's okay if you don't know the answer. It's great for you guys to come together and explore God's word and find the answer together. And then the most important is be proactive. Don't wait until something happens to start having tough conversations with your kids. Initiate the conversation. Start it when they're young as, as appropriate to their age and understanding and continue it as anytime you see opportunities arise, start having those conversations. The goal is that, he, that we're teaching our kids how to incorporate their faith into every part of who they are and everything that's going on in their world. And the next part, another way to keep kids close is to create moments of intentional fun. Now, as a kid's pastor, I get to talk to a lot of parents, and I've been hearing lately a lot of parents say, you know, I'm just not having fun. I'm not enjoying my kids. There's just so much going on, and, and I get that. Like, our schedules are busy. We have to deal with challenging behaviors constantly, and there's just a demand that's on us as parents, but I want to encourage you to make room for fun and laughter. Be intentional about that, and so what that looks like is um, live outside of that demanding schedule. Plan family activities that will be fun for everybody. Do a special outing or like a date night with one of your kids so that you can have that one-on-one -on -one time with them. Uh, just go out of your way to just spend time with them. Just drop everything in just a moment, just a regular afternoon, and go do what they're doing and enjoy something with them. I did that one afternoon. My kids were in the backyard playing. They were swinging from the, the rope swing that we have tied to a tree, and, and I stopped what I was doing. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go out there. I'm gonna go do what they're doing. And I, I walk out there and I'm like, all right guys, step aside, it's mommy's turn. And their eyes got huge, like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, help me though. <laughs> so I had to put my foot in the loop and hold on and they sent me flying off the deck. And in that moment I realized, I'm not as limber or graceful as they are. <laughs> and I'm holding on tight because I think I'm about to fall on my bottom and I'm like, help me guys, help me. And they helped me back onto the deck, and I land safely, and I'm laughing hysterically at myself, and my kids are laughing. And then my oldest says, Mommy, I love it when you play like a kid with us. And it brought me back to a quote that I read when I was, first became a mom, and it said, get down on the floor and play with your kids while they're still young enough to want you to. And so whether you have little ones or teenagers, our kids crave our time and attention. They want us to spend that time. They want us to enjoy and, and find out what they enjoy and be a part of that. So I encourage you guys, have fun with your kids. Either be spontaneous, plan it out, whatever it, need, whatever it takes, just to make sure you have those fun moments in your day-to-day. -day. And so as we keep our kids close, we need to have fun with them. We need to process life with them. This is all part of shaping their hearts and really raising those champions for God. Keeping our kids close. In this room today, there are people that have children at uh, different stages of life. There are some of you in this room, you have little kids. There are some of you that have, have preteens or teens or college-age kids. Some of you, maybe your children are grown. I, I want to I just share something with you today. Our kids are gifts from God. And I challenge you, no matter what age your children are today, give them back to him. 
Some of you have kids today who are serving God, and we're grateful for that, and you're grateful for that, and you still recognize today that your kids are gifts from God, and you're continually giving them back to Him. Some of you have kids today who maybe grew up in the church, or maybe you weren't even a, a Christ follower when your kids were growing, and, and they've, made, they've never made the decision to follow Christ, or maybe they've turned from God. I want to encourage you today. Give those gifts that God gave to you. Give them back to God. I was 21 years of age when I rededicated my life fully to Christ. I got good saved, as I like to say. And one evening, I was talking to my mom, and I was talking about my, my days when I was far from God. And she began to share with me the pain that she had walked through for seven years of her life. For seven years of her life, she felt like she was a failure as a parent, that she had made mistakes. She didn't understand what she had did wrong. And even at times as a teenager, she said, what am I doing wrong? Why are you acting like this? Why are you doing this? And she began to share with me that hurt that was inside of her. She said one day, she was early in the morning, and she was doing her devotions, and she was praying, and she was so concerned about my eternal destiny. I was so far from God, and I was causing not only pain in my life, but in pain in all the people around me. One day she said as she was praying, God spoke to her heart that he's not your child, he's mine. She said in that very moment, she said, I just committed Junior, that's my name, I committed Junior back to God. And she said when I committed Junior back to God, she said that burden was lifted. A burden was lifted. Today, you're a parent, and, and maybe you've, you've made some mistakes, or maybe your kids, you've done everything right, and your kids aren't serving God. I want to leave you with this hope. It's the hope of the gospel. It's the message of Jesus Christ. See, we are not God. We cannot make kids. We can encourage kids. We can get the word of God into them. We can raise them up in the way that they should go. But the end of the day, the seed of the good news, the hope of the gospel does the work in their life. It's the power of God unto salvation. And we believe today that those things that we sow into our children, when they are older, when they are older and when they are grown, they will return to it. I believe that every seed that's sown in the gospel has the potential for eternal fruit. And you've sowed good seeds. And so we pray over those seeds that we've sown into our children. And then we say, God, this is your child. This is your daughter. This is your son. I give them back to you. And I'm going to be in agreement today. Where there are some in this room, your kids aren't serving God. There are some in this room, and you can see your kids starting to be pulled away by the pressures of this world. We're going to agree with you in prayer today. We're going to pray that that seed of the gospel, that seed of the hope of Jesus Christ that's sown in them, it won't return void. We're going to ask God to water that seed. You see, God always brings the right people at the right time into not only our lives, but into our kids' lives. God knows exactly what it's going to take for your child to respond to him as you're raising your children, your little ones in the house of God. You're constantly, God, he's your child. God, I give her back to you. Lord, I need you today. I need that grace. Paul the apostle, when he was wrestling with a problem in his life, he said, God, I can't do it any longer. And the Lord spoke to him, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for us today to raise champions for him. The worship team is going to come at this time, and, and we're going to close this, worship, this, this experience this morning, the, this challenge today to give our kids back to God. We're going to close it in a time of worship of him. But I want to encourage you. Will you stand with me this morning? And you have a child today. You're a parent today in this room, and your children are little, and you realize the pressures 
I want you to, I want you today to just cast your child to God. I want you just to give your child back to the Lord today. God's going to give you grace. God's going to give you strength. You're going to do your part. We do our part, but God's promised to do his part. He said he's begun the good work of them. He's going to complete it. You're here today, and maybe your children are older. They're, they're teens, and they're making decisions that you know are not right, and you're trying to navigate how to do that as a parent. I want to encourage you today. Give that child back to God. Release that child. He's God's child. She's God's child. You're a parent today. You have an adult child that maybe has rejected God. I don't want you to give up hope. He's the God of hope today. He's the God of hope. God's grace covers. God's grace is sufficient for us. Where we were weak, where we failed, we're asking for the grace of God to intervene. You're a parent across this room. We just lift your hand toward heaven right now. And as we begin to worship the Lord here in just a moment.